Welcome to Equip to Stand. I'm your host, Sherry Yates. I'm so excited to be with you today to talk about how good Jesus is. Whatever you think, how good he is, today your spirits are going to be lifted because he's even better than that. Hey friends, thanks for joining me today. I sound stopped up because I've been battling a good old-fashioned summer cold. So please ignore the stopped up nose and the snot in my head. I'm feeling so good. I did spend a week on break and just stayed in my room and slept and tried to get over it and I'm feeling so great. So let's get started. First of all, I want to start with Hebrews 1, 3, which says that Jesus is the exact representation of God. If you want to know what God is like, look to Jesus. Scripture says he is exactly like God. Now, when you read the Old Testament, you see different characteristics of God in different sides. So it's like, well, how do you explain that? Because when you look to Jesus, you kind of see one side. You see a good God. You see lots of healing, miracles, You see a father who cares. There's just tons of things happening in the New Testament. Well, when I learned that Jesus was exactly the representation of God, I decided to study Jesus. What do you do? How do you do that? You get in the Bible and you study Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the beginning of Acts before he ascends. What made me decide to do this is that today, this wasn't my plan, but today I read in my devotional something that just got me fired up. And it says that God punishes the sins for two or excuse me, three to four generations, which is in Exodus 34 verses six and seven. You can read it yourself. It says he blesses a thousand generations and curses three or four. But I want to challenge that thought today because I do believe that's in the Bible, but I also see something else in the Bible. It gives me a lot of hope about how good God is. So if you go through and you read Deuteronomy 28, which I would really encourage you to do, about the first 14, 15 verses of the Bible basically are blessings. They're blessings spoken over your family, over everything your hand touches will prosper. It's amazing. Now, if you go on, you know, around verse 15, it starts being all these curses. And it says, if you do not obey God, I will curse you. If you don't do this, you'll be cursed. If you do this, you'll get boils, cancer, sin, tumors. It's horrible. Literally horrific. But there is good news because one of my friends asked me a long time ago, like, well, what happened to those curses? Are we still under those curses today? And I had never really heard that taught before, but God led me to Galatians 3.13, and it says this, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming the curse for us. Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. Christ died on the cross for you and I to break the curse. So if the curse is broken, I'm sorry, but there's not going to be any punishment to three and four generations later. And I want to really think about what did Jesus do? Who is he? And first of all, with the woman in the issue of adultery in the book of John, she was in adultery and they drug her to Jesus naked. And they were saying, hey, she was in adultery. We're supposed to stone her. What do you do? Jesus, you know, gently reaches down and draws in the sand and he says, let those without sin cast the first stone. Everyone leaves. What did Jesus leave this woman with? He said, woman, I'm going to curse you for your sins and I'm cursing three to four generations of your children because you are such a sinner. 
No, <laughs> that is not what he said. This is amazing. So if Genesis or Deuteronomy 34, 6 and 7 were still true today, he should have said that to this woman, but that's not what he said. He said, where are your accusers now? Where are they? And they're gone. And he says, nor do I condemn you. Leave your life of sin and go. He's telling her, be free. I'm not condemning you. I'm not looking down on you because guess what? God loves his children. He's been working on a rescue plan since the beginning of time. He is for you. He's for you and I. He's a good father. And if you want to know what God is really like, look to Jesus. A lot of times if we believe that God is going to punish us three and four generations out, we'll always be looking to break generational curses. We'll always be looking for reasons. We'll say, well, the reason why this bad thing happened to me is because I sinned or because my father sinned. And those sins are chasing me around and they will not leave me alone. They're hounding me down and they've got me pinned down, trapped, and I'm stuck. But as long as you think you're stuck, as long as you believe those things, they're true. Because a lie believed as truth will impact you as though it's true, even though it's not. But it's in Christ alone. It is for Christ. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. And it's only in him where freedom is found. And if you really look at Jesus, sorry for my nose. <laughs> if you really look at Jesus' life, look what he did. He changed water into wine. He healed a royal's official. He healed um, a Capernaum demonic man. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. He healed the sick during the evening. He caught large number of fish. He healed the leper. There were miracles upon miracles. He healed paralyzed people, sinners. He healed all the lepers. If you notice, all the lepers were sinners, all 10 of them. He sent them away, healed, but not all of them got saved. That is amazing. That tells me that God is not a religious father. You can pray for the lost. You can see them miraculously healed and then lead them to Christ. They don't have to be led to Christ before we do that. It's knowing the goodness of God, knowing who he is, knowing his character. That gives us the power and the ability to share the gospel even when someone doesn't believe. God's power is bigger. Love defeats all. He is love. God is love. He healed blind men. He he cast demons out of people. He walked on water. He healed whole crowds again. He fed 5,000. He had fed 4,000. Hey, is there going to be a food shortage? Well, guess what? Multiply the food. Multiply the resources. Pray over them. They're not cursed. They're blessed. You're blessed coming. You're blessed going. You're the head. You're the not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. You are of God. And in him, you are safe in the shelter of the most high God. And no foe can come near your tent. Can't be withstood by the power of God. He is a mighty warrior and we are warriors in his army. He has us. He loves us. He's not waiting to punish you. He's not mad at you. If you read Isaiah 54 verse 9, he says, never will I be angry with you again. I mean, my goodness, how many of you learned when you were a little kid, if you're as old as I am, where somebody would say, well, if you do that, God's going to be mad at you. Well, guess what? God loves you. His love is relentless. Your sins are forgiven as far as the east is to the west. They're wiped out. He can't remember them. They are covered up, wiped out, burnt up, shredded, never to be seen again. So stop reminding him and just thank him for who he's made you. And guess what? It will produce great fruit in you. You will be an awesome person because he, love produces 
character. Love produces confidence. It produces holiness. You are so loved by God and do not forget the mighty blessings of his hand and who you are and just go study John, Matthew, Mark, Luke and learn God's true character. Oh my goodness, guys. Thank you so much for joining me today on my little Jesus rant that Jesus is better than you think that he is. He's more for you than you realize he is. And you may have been wounded or hurt in your past. You may feel let down by God, but he is a father who lifts you up, who raises your head, who loves you so much. He's extended his hand to you. You're seated at his right hand. He's ready for you. He can take your complaints. He can take everything you have to give him because he's ready to receive you. I love you all. Please stay in touch. I want to know how you're doing. Are you growing? Are you reading the word of God? Are you seeking the presence of God? Is he your first love? If he's not, go back and do what you did in the beginning. Thanks for joining me on Equipped to Stand.